right, we're here. We've got the lady of Gibraltar, Lee Whitwell, most known, actually, I would say, for your Dink Award, uh, which was for best reactions, fan voted. I think everybody was talking about that. Nobody, nobody, people are still talking about that. But you're also <laughs> known as pretty solid professional pickleball player and MLP MVP, correct? Correct. That's that's kind of like the the recent catalog. Um, when but, was when one was the MLP? Was that in November? It was in November. It was in it November. Was. We're still seeing your highlights shared around on social media everywhere I we sure. go from the MLP. Oh, it's Thomas. That's why I follow. I got to block you. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's because well, like your Dink Award stated, you had the best reaction. So even when you lost a point, it was like you had something to say that was hilarious. So I think being mic'd up was a, a blessing and a curse at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that actually was really, that was, that was awesome. I, I hope that makes a comeback just like being mic'd up generally. Um, I've been saying that for a long time, honestly, for over a year that the players need to be mic'd up. Some I would but, agree. Some players I, I, are, are pretty boring though. I will yeah, say that. that doesn't matter. You can still get some court reaction. You, you, yeah, because a lot of times, like, the action should speak for itself more often than whoever's in the booth is trying to discern what's actually going on in the player's head. And so I've always, I mean, you'd have to, like, sit, I've played poker on camera with mics on and stuff, and they're always like, yep. okay, just watch your language a little bit and do this and that, and remember, you're on camera. And yep. then it's just go time, you know, because... uh yeah, they can tell you all those rules. You can break them as much as you want, but then at the end of the day, you're also going to pay the consequences for that. Right. I do think, though, sometimes in the heat of the moment, um, more often than not on a stupid shot that you've hit, you forget that you might be on camera or mic'd up, and then something comes out of your mouth, something. and you're like, oh. <laughs> well, just put, it, just put it on like a 30-second delay when it goes live so that that gives the editors time to put a little bleep on it. I mean, sure. you... Usually the fans like the stuff that uh, the players are thinking, oh, no, in their head. That's usually the best stuff. So Yeah, it's so raw. Fans, it's honest. The fans like it. I mean, the fans like it. Um, but, okay, Lee, I told you right before we started recording that I knew you are coming on. So I started to kind of you know Google around a little bit. But then I stopped because I was like, you know what? Let's learn the background of the Lady of Gibraltar live. So I actually just want to start because I think so. You didn't get on Google Maps and look where Gibraltar was or anything, Thomas? Or yeah, you've I done know that? I know that it's off the coast of Spain. Okay, so there you go. You know and what? Why doesn't she have a Spanish accent? Because she speaks Lenido, dude. <laughs> Am I right? If the two L's is a Y. Oh, it's Lenido. <laughs> yeah. Lenido. Okay. Pretty good though. Good research, yeah. Thomas. Thanks. Yeah. This little little Google. John Lennon and Yoko Ono got married in uh, in Gibraltar. Yes, they did. Lot, I'm familiar with Gibraltar because lots of cyclists winter there. When I lived in Europe as a cyclist, a lot of guys that would spend winters somewhere warm would go there. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, warmer, warm enough to train where it wasn't snowing and wasn't gonna you know put a damper on their roads. All right, right. Tyson. I think we we've been doing all the talking. Lee, I want to hear. Your background. So, did you? I assume you grew up in Gibraltar. What was kind of like? What? Well, let's just leave it open ended. What? What's your story? Okay. 
So, yeah, I grew up in Gibraltar, which is a British colony, southernmost tip of Spain, which is, um, you know, English is a predominant language for us, is the predominant language rather, but we all grew up also, for the most part, speaking Spanish. Most families are a blend of British, Spanish, Italian, um, you name it. Um, it's three and a half square miles, very small, and grew up there, played tennis, volleyball, basketball, you name it, did everything kids do. Uh, What's the population there on that teeny tiny island? 33,000. 33,000, correct. I just wanted to know. So you don't know like everybody there? Um, You tend to know everybody or if you do well in your arena, they tend to know you. Okay. Um, You know, I I think growing up, my brother was always referred to as, um, oh, you're Lee's brother. And now when I go home, it's, oh, you're Stuart's sister. So the tides have turned, the tables have definitely turned there. Oh, that's um, so sweet for Stuart. Yeah. Yes. So he's um, he's doing well out there. But um, yeah, 33,000 people. So we, we tend to know we're not all related. Um, there's a huge, yet. you know, that's yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that's something we're trying to achieve. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, you never know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, I don't know how shut off the island is. If they're like, no more newcomers, then eventually you're all going to be related. Right. No, thankfully we are, uh, we share a border with Spain. So um, we can come and go quite freely and we do have an airport. So we can jump on a plane and get out of there and also get on a boat. So that does help. But yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Grew up there, played tennis, played basketball, played volleyball. Then did my last two years of high school in England. And from there came over to the States and played tennis and volleyball in college. Ended up- uh, Where'd you go to college? Francis Marion University, D2 college in uh, South Carolina. Okay. Um, And uh, after that, uh, played a little pro tennis and ended up back in the States and working in the uh, tennis industry. Went back to school, did my master's. I was coaching college tennis, did, did my master's in organizational psychology, thought, corporate America and I would be a good fit and uh, promptly did a sharp right turn into the resort and tennis went back into the tennis world okay. and, and, and did that, which was a much better fit for me. And um, yeah, just ended up running, you know, tennis, fitness, spa departments at, at resorts. And here we are, found pickleball four and a half years ago when I was in Bend, Oregon. And uh, it's been a love affair ever since. Okay. Never looked back. So you came to the States. I think maybe a lot of our listeners don't know that uh, I my re- association with Europe, I'm understanding that there's not a lot of sports opportunities in conjoined with the schools in, in, especially like later, like there's not like college scholarships for sports in Europe and stuff like that. Generally speaking, Is there's that a, well, I think there's more now okay. than, um, when I went to college in the late 1900s. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, last century, um, there was a couple of colleges that did that were very sports specific and especially in the UK, but no, not, not to the extent that, um, American colleges and universities breathe sports. I mean, right. it's, so it's that's part why we of see, their, yeah. Yeah. We see lots of people coming over from Europe or especially around that time you mentioned it in the nineties and early two thousands and stuff coming over for all sports. Pretty right. Much. And I think with the explosion of social media and everything now being very accessible, 
everyone knows, you know, D1, D2, D3, junior college. Back then, nobody had an idea. They're like, oh, you want to give me money to go to school? Sure, I'll come, you know. But you didn't right. know what you were, a lot of a lot of us didn't know what we were getting into. Oh, really? So you didn't yes. know that D2 level wasn't the pinnacle or didn't maybe Correct. necessarily even care? Or did you care? Would you have cared? I would have cared. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and, and yeah, I think that would have made it made a, a big difference. But, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. And now moving forward, I think athletes in Europe are much better educated and have that information at their fingertips. Whereas um, before social media, before email, before any of that, um, yeah. none of that existed. So it was, who did you know? Right. Right. And that's how you kind of got into things then. How was your transition from Gibraltar and England to the U.S.? Did you uh, immediately fall in love with, uh, you know, just our culture and how, you know, just everything about it? Was your so favorite I think, part? I, yeah, I think my first semester I spent the, the entire, I, I was lost, I think, the entire first semester. I okay. came with a very thick British accent and uh, went to school in the South, so um yeah, I, I couldn't understand them, and they could definitely not understand me. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that sounds fun. <laughs> um, the tennis was good, and I mean, it's, you know, a lot of the guys on our team, you know, played play Davis Cup for their countries and, and stuff, so we, we did have quite a high level of, of Europeans and Australians playing on our team, and we were all in the same boat. We had no idea most of the time what we were getting into, um, but no, I mean, I soon fell in love with the what American college sports is and what that means. And, um, you know, it's kind of hard not to, to want to be a part of something like that. And I think now we're seeing a bit more of a trend at colleges in Europe to going that route, but not to the degree that, that we do it here in the States. Cause that's one thing the United States does extremely well is sports. Got it. All right. So you're in the U S you try and go into corporate America. You're like, not for me, which uh, Tyson and I can, um, we can resonate with. Yeah. I uh, actually figured that out in college. I was like, oh, they're trying to put me in a corporate somewhere. I got to get out of here. And I left, yeah. I left college after a year. <laughs> I was like, oh no, I see what you're doing. Right. Took me longer to figure it out. But eventually <laughs> you, you came into contact with Pickleball, I assume at one of the resort jobs you had, you had taken. Yeah, I was, um, I'd moved to, to we, my partner and I'd moved to Bend, Oregon, and um, a friend of mine said, hey, I need a, a doubles partner for a tournament. Are you in? I said, sure. And she said, it's not tennis. And I said, well, what is it? She's like, it's pickleball. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do something my grandma could play. Sorry. Nice try. And we went back and forth for a while. And she's like, it's going to be so much fun. And I was like, yeah, sure. No, never, not happening. And after about 20 minutes, she's like, look, I'll buy you a case of beer. I'm like, fine, I'm in. <laughs> It was it was honestly that simple. Yeah. Um, and is that still your contract with some of your sponsors and stuff? Cases of beer. Absolutely. Okay. You know, <laughs> That's I, how I have you get paid. Little, yeah, I have adulted a little bit, and you know, sometimes it's it's really good beer, and sometimes okay. you know, I mean, yeah. everyone has a price. Yeah, <laughs> yes. you, know ben, you know how Ben Johns took one of his uh, one of his PPA payouts in cryptocurrency. Yes. Lee does the same thing, but it's just in like uh, yeah, it's like yeah. A, a Stella or something. Right. <laughs> Actually, my first one was a case of Coors Light. It was not even. Yeah. So, hey, but, Coors Light, you're listening. But you got a you got a raise yeah, though. Bleep that then. out. Bleep that out. <laughs> no free ads. <laughs> no. Okay. So 
you take a case of beer and you go to this first tournament, any pickleball experience whatsoever up to none didn't. And and I didn't know the rules. And, um, she was like, don't worry about it. You're just going to have a blast. I, I was serving and volleying. I was falling in the kitchen. Um, you name it. I was, I was doing it all and doing it all wrong. And, but having a blast and we came off the match after the match and we'd won. And I was like, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. She's like, where are you going? I'm like, well, we won our match, you know, coming from tennis, you play a match and then you don't play till the next day. So I was ready to just come home. She's like, no, no, no. Uh, we play again today. I'm like, what? This is unheard of. And she's like, the whole event happens today. And it was just one of those things of, you know, and everything that I'd done in tennis, I never came off the court going, that was so much fun. I can't wait to do it again with pickleball. That was the feeling. And maybe it was because I was a different stage in life. I don't know. But um, that's sort of the feeling that I still have every time I get on the court. It's like, wow, that was just so much fun. You know, and it's it's a different perspective. What uh, what do you think initially going to that tournament was the biggest draw? Was it the community? Was it the game itself? Or the movement of the game? Just be like, what was it? I think it was the, 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 the sociability of it all. And it's the, the amount of people that were there. Okay. Um, and how everyone wanted to talk and interact versus tennis tournaments come from very quiet, very structured. You come, you warm up, you play, you leave. This one was more about you play, you hang out. There was music, there's noises, you know, there's nothing. It, it was everything that tennis wasn't in a competitive arena from, right. from, from especially the noise factor and um, just how everybody was friendly and, and, and looking at people and just, they want to just chat with you. And, and even to this day, you go to tournaments and it's that that's to me is the best feeling. It's, it's the memories you can create at the tournaments and the people that are there that really care about how you're playing and what you're doing. And it's, that's definitely very, very special and different from, any sport I've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. So how many years after your first uh, case of beer uh, as a pickleball compensation, did you come into contact with pro pickleball? Like when was your first pickleball, your first pro pickleball event? So I played some small pro pickleball events in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Um, And then I'd say probably two years ago, I started competing a little bit right before COVID yeah. Um, competing a little bit more. And then during COVID decided to really work on my game and then sort of, you know, came on the scene a little bit right before MLP, I think in the summer before MLP. Right. Right. And at MLP, you were obviously a, a huge hit. Um, a lot of that had to do with the fact that you were mic'd up. <laughs> <laughs> um, talked a, a little bit about that experience. Like what was, playing in major league pickleball with all the top players in the world, like having that team environment, what was kind of your major takeaway? Oh, it was so much fun. it was like prior to the draft, like right after the draft, I think it was that we were given a D rate, a D minus rating for our team. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And uh, you know, it was blasted on social media that Kyle Yates and I were probably two of the worst picks that they could have ever had. Um, so that was, a, you know, that stung a little bit. But, you know, when we got, we first got there and, you know, we had our team meeting, you know, the, the, the goal was, and we all decided like win or lose, it didn't matter. We were going to make everybody in there fall in love with us. Like we were going to get, we were going to walk away with fans. 
Um, we wanted them to experience this, that they're, they're giving up their time to come watch and we wanted to put on a, a special show for them. So that was our goal throughout. Um, and then playing with everybody and obviously playing with, you know, on the team with Annalie, Kyle and AJ. AJ and I played some mixed doubles before, so we were familiar with each other. Mm -hmm. um, it was just a lot of fun and, and that team environment really helped because you now at this point, you're not playing for yourself. You got, you know, you got teammates there rooting you on plus spectators and it was, it was one of those things when after that first match, it was like, wow, pickleball has arrived. And yeah, right. on, on the finals, the night of the finals, the energy in, in you know, at Dreamland was electric. Yeah. Um, and it was one of those things where it's like, okay. It was the first time I think pickleball had created a phenomenal experience for the athletes, a phenomenal experience for the spectators watching live, but also because being mic'd up, a phenomenal experience for people watching online and on TV. Right. And it, it felt like it transcended all and it broke through all barriers. And it was like, here we are. And it's like, wow, it was just this special feeling. And it was, I, um, I jokingly said, I'm not sure how, uh, how I'm going to play another tournament after this. Cause this was so much fun. <laughs> did yeah, you, did you immediately after that, because of all the attention you got, did you notice a spike in social media or like sponsors reaching out, anything like that? A little bit. I've always never been a big social media person and I'm, I'm, I'm being pushed out of my comfort zone to do that more. Um, but yes, and especially going to tournaments, I was like, I loved, I loved your performance at MLP. Can I get a photo? Can I do this? And it's like, I'm still me, cool. you know, it's like, it was like, this is kind of weird little transitional area, but yes, it's, it's definitely, uh, you know, people have taken notice and I'm thankful for that and flattered and, and honored and humbled by it, honestly. Yep. Got it. Well, it kind of led to uh, a new job too, right? You're yes. now working with Duper, correct? Correct. I am working with Duper. I'm a strategic, strategic advisor for okay. Duper and um, got to understand what Duper is and, you know, had a ton of questions at the beginning. I'm like, well, how is this different from anything else? And then did a deep dive in it. And I was like, wow, this is actually pretty impressive. Um, I want to, I definitely want to be a part of it because it's exciting and new and I think it, it, it can solve a lot of problems. Did you strategically advise everyone to get uh, ratings tattoos on their shoulder? I did. <laughs> I did. And they listened. And then they Good. asked me why I didn't. And I said, Oh, you didn't get one. You didn't get your no, rating. Tattoo? Uh, I, I, I gave them a whole script and I said, read this. And if you agree to everything, please get your duper tattoo. First okay. point said, your your duper your duper your duper tattoo your duper rating updates frequently, weekly. Okay. They skipped over that part. They all got duper tattoos, and then they're like, "Where's yours?" And I'm like, "Did you not read point one?" Yeah. And then they're like, <laughs> "So." So is the strategy there to get your tattoo when you've peaked? Um, Zayn has got two crossed out already. He's on his okay. third. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have a whole sleeve. That's, Absolutely. That'll be cool. <laughs> Wait, I, I have, uh, I actually, so since you do work for Duper, you probably have um, communication uh, with the, the data team. I have a qualm. I have an issue uh, that I'd like to be addressed. And uh, it has a lot to do with Tyson and I's uh, performance in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And uh, right now it looks like, uh, I'm at a 5-0, and okay. you know, I'd really like to be more in the, the realm of six. 
I can look at all my past matches, but that one instance in Vegas with Tyson, brought us where down. we got absolutely smoked by what? What were they like? Three O's. Uh, you never know. There's that one guy that played pro singles the day before, and then he played like two fives and took bronze, and then he played a three O that same day. And uh, oh, I remember. I remember you saying that mid match. You were, you like started chirping him for like having played pro a few days before, and I was like, do not. I was like, do not give him yeah. that compliment. It wasn't a compliment. It was just like, stay in a lane. You can't keep switching done. lanes here. Like that, to me, that should be the main rule of these tournament organizations is you choose your category, sure, but that's the category you're in and you can only go up from there. And if you want to go down, you get one opportunity a season to go back down and you don't get to play four fives and fives and fours and three fives all in the same tournament series. That was a good rant. Lee, can you hear the happen? <laughs> I, I can and and I, I tend to agree. It's not there's nothing more annoying than seeing somebody playing, you know, four or five doubles and getting a gold medal in doubles and all of a sudden it's like, why are you in the five oh? Why are you playing pro? It's like you know, and you look at their results in the four or five and it's like you didn't drop you dropped maybe five, six points of game. It's like yeah. do you really belong there? You know, and it, it's I, I I mean, I think some people like to collect three dollar medals a little bit more than most yeah i don't um, even think they're three dollars i think they buy them in bulk I, I was being generous i didn't want to okay. insult the metal buyers because <laughs> <laughs> they're not real precious metal underneath it's just pewter i think right oh they're not even i've been collecting mine to help them down you've been talking to smelters is that what someone who melts metal down is called yes they're like when you get 10 more come talk to me like, yeah. i've been stockpiling well I'm, I'm i mean i don't know what metals belt. have you been biting them to see if they're real i have not Okay, I'd go but through one and of them all the cold and ones. I did open it, and there was chocolate in it. Oh, okay, and delicious. Like, well, but it that one's worth chocolate. more than three dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's probably a five dollar medal. I know. I felt like I won there. <laughs> uh, but okay, you you touched on something actually. So, in addition to like being able to scroll through and see all my match results, like how my rating has changed, and be able to track like where I stand, you could also, in theory, sort through all this data and figure out. Who the sandbaggers are correct it Ooh. does make it very very apparent who is um punching below, below their belt right that's the yeah. right analogy yeah not above yeah. below yeah they're sandbagging below. and they're yeah. um punching whichever below analogy weight, is correct that's that's yeah. the right yeah. one yep punching um, below their weight punching, punching below, below the weight. belt is against the rules in all sports yeah. it is yeah, you can't yeah. punch somebody below the belt. It's very well, frowned I mean, upon to punch somebody in below the belt. But if they're but ready, yeah. I mean, it's their fault. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how they do things out. in Gibraltar. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we can find all these sandbaggers. Man, okay, sandbaggers, if you are listening... We are not naming names today, but we will be scouring the databases and we'll start naming names of these sandbaggers who are collecting 3.0 gold medals constantly or get, even getting their golden tickets. Like you see them play four or fives all year long and then they go to a golden ticket event and play 3-0 with a, like a former professional tennis player. Like it's ridiculous. Come on, guys. I know. And, but I, I do think the big issue in that is also that the ratings, the current rating system does not update regularly. 
So if you won yeah. a tournament at 4-0 and you got your golden ticket in January, you know, for, or in or the year prior, whatever the last uh, regional qualifier was, but for the, for the nationals in November, then you might, your game might go up a point or two, you know, half point yeah. or two, and you might be playing 4-5-5-0, but because you won your ticket at 4-0 in, in October, for the following November, you're stuck playing there. And that's, it doesn't that's allow too. an account for, for, for player improvement and growth. Right. Um, so, and that's a very long time to, you know, you know, 10, 11 months. There's a lot, of, a lot can happen in the pickleball world because yeah. I always say I, one year of pickleball is like dog years, right? It's like seven years. It's going so fast. Let's so, motivate these golden ticket winners and make them play pro. You can win the golden ticket in any level, but when you go to nationals, you have to play pro. That'll motivate everybody to train, right? Or. <laughs> okay, go on. Lee, maybe you have a better idea of working for Well, Duper. yeah, you could, you could say that and motivate them to play pro, but I think a lot of them will not. They're like, oh, I, I, I don't think I can. <laughs> um, no, but I, I do think, and I think one of the, the, issue, the, one of the, the issues that Duper addresses is the fact that you can see your, your rating update regularly as soon as matches get, get put in, whether it's, you know, a match that the four of us have played and if we wanted it to be a duper rated match, you know, we can input our scores or a tournament, you know, we just uploaded 200,000 results from, from tournaments over the last six months. So pretty much anyone who played a tournament most likely has a duper rating that they can just go on, download the app and grab themselves. But um, you will see it change. And I think quick updates to people's ratings end up putting people where they're supposed to be. And okay. if you play a 4-0 tournament in November, and it's now July, and you're still a 4-0, either you reached your ceiling of where you are as a player, or you haven't really been putting the work into your game, right? It's one of those right. things. But you, you should see an improvement as you go through the months and of playing, like most people will. And, you know, the closer you get to your ceiling, the, the less incremental that, that, that growth is, but it's there. Um, I like it. I like it. So I, I'm thinking... Tyson, what do you think about this? Next year for the Dink Awards, mm -hmm. actually give out a biggest sandbagger award. I love it. Sponsored yeah. by Duper. Yeah. I'm in. I will. Can I announce it? Can I be the one that says the name? Yeah. We name names. Yeah. We we're name naming a name. Okay. So, little side bet going on here. Uh huh. Let's each write down a name and who <laughs> we think is the biggest sandbagger. Like but it's. It. But you're just going to choose a name right now off the top no, no, of your no. head, I, or you're going to you look know, on Duper and choose a name? Or is it in a pro? Because no, a pro can't sandbag. They're at the top, right? Correct. So anybody below that. Okay. So anybody if we know below, somebody specifically, know we can write their name down. I okay. know sandbaggers, too. We all know sandbaggers. And sure. it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it'll be see, see who the biggest one is, in our opinion, and then see and then compare it to Duper and see where we write. Yeah. You know how we, uh, you know how we controlled sandbaggers in my previous sports that I participated in was uh, just public shaming them. So the entire community yeah. would just be like, "Hey, sandbagger, how you doing today, sandbagger?" And they'd be like, "Oh, I'm so ashamed. I'm going to bump up." And that's that worked. It worked great. That was in the '90s when you could do that. Yeah. Unfortunately, like I mean, yeah, and then a lot of things that worked in the '90s won't work today. Um, <laughs> Correct. You know, because all of us, like in the '90s, feelings didn't matter. <laughs> they really <laughs> didn't. You'd have a hundred people calling a kid a sandbagger, and then he'd just be like racing the next category up the next week. 
and that exactly. was it. And, yeah. uh, you know, you call somebody a sandbagger now and it's tears, you know, you might get stuck with someone's therapy bill. Yeah. <laughs> I disagree. I think public shame is, uh, is a still thing. Tyson, at the end of that match, mm-hmm. when you did feel as though we were sandbagged, you could have yeah. pulled up your duper. You could have searched the kid. And you could have oh. you could have called them out like right on the spot. That's what we need to do is as you go to tournaments beforehand, you pull up everybody's duper rating in the, your category, and yeah. then you have some ammunition for them as you hit the courts. Well, yeah, you can also legitimately like forecast the matches and the outcomes based on everybody's rating. Ooh, is this, match. So is this going to be used utilized? Is duper ratings going to be utilized in sports betting as that hits the the pickleball courts? I don't. I mean, who knows? It's it's definitely a good tool to predict. I mean, I think this is the first time we have a visual layout of where you where you rank as a pickleball player, yeah. regardless of age and gender. Right. You know, I think my duper rating is five point nine eight or something, which is uh, close to Weinbach's. And you know, it's like we're when we're trying to create a battle of the sexes. He's in Gingrich. He's in. And it's like he and he and uh, Gingrich and Dane can play against Viv and I. And we could probably accurately pre- predict the score within a couple of points of how it should go based on combined duper ratings. That's um, a great marketing stunt. I don't see why you don't do that right now. Oh, it's <laughs> happening. The, the Battle of the Sexes is happening. And are you going to predict the exact score using duper as your tool? Well, I don't think I should. If I'm playing, I should be Correct. the one predicting. Somebody because, at duper should clo- yes. write it, seal it in an envelope, set it there where everybody can see that it's not being tampered with watch the match, open the envelope at the end and show the predictions. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it. it's, it's, it's a great tool. And I, I, I mean, I, I just think it's brilliant in that regard. Um, and if you look at, I think we did look at a couple of the matches from the last tournament that happened in Arizona. And there was, and I, I did, I did make some notes out of, I can't remember how many matches were played. Um, but there was only 317 out of the total matches played that went to get three games. So that means they're very lopsided on, on, a, lot of, on a lot of parts, right? So, right. and the most accurate matches or the most competitive matches, I would, I'd rather say, will happen when you are within 0.25 of someone's rating. Okay. That's, where, that's where the competitiveness happens. And it's like, wouldn't it be great to go to a tournament and know that you're gonna play competitive matches and not think, well, the first three rounds are easy. I might struggle in the fourth round, but I can get through it, and off we go. You know, it's like you don't want to have that, right? That attitude, so to right. speak. So, right. interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, those sorry, those fifteen hundred and seven matches played in Arizona. Okay. Three hundred and seventeen went to three games. Wow, that's not very many, honestly. No. Right. So they're slightly lopsided, and, and and we all know that everyone's you know everyone who plays tournaments when you sign yeah. up, for yeah. the most part you know it's like oh these people should, you know it's like why are these people right. playing my bracket they should be playing above or you know everyone sort of the pickleball world is so small it it gets around, right definitely I also think I also think it like varies by location because I'll go play like a five o tournament in Michigan where I'm from. By the way, did you know there's a Gibraltar in Detroit? So when I learned I did. Gibraltar, I was like, oh, like the Gibraltar Trade Center. I love that place. That's right. We should have the Gibraltar open there. Yeah. Smart. Mm, it's kind of a dark place. I don't know if anybody wants to. <laughs> <laughs> too much time there. Um, 
but uh, like I would be, you know, I would rate myself as maybe like a, a five Oh in, in Michigan or maybe like a, a five, five, but then I went and played in Palm Springs and I played at five Oh and I was like blown away by the talent there. Like it just seemed like we were operating on different scales. So one of the cool thing, cool things about Duber and having a universal rating system is it corrects for something like that. Especially if you're playing it's... across the country, if you're only still yeah. playing in Michigan, then it right, not. Yeah. you know how. Like, if I do want to go play somewhere else, I know the type of competition I'm I'm getting into. I'm not I'm not blindsided because I've been playing in my little pocket of the U.S. or, or of the world, right? Right. Right, and, and and if you think about how transient the pickleball community is, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you got a bunch. You you know, there's snowbirds that come down to Florida, go to Arizona for the winter. And you want to have this universal rating system that allows them to play wherever they go and they're going to fit in. And then no one feels like they're the bad guy saying, hey, you're not good enough. And I did have, I'm not going to name names, but I did have a couple when I was running a facility in Bend who wanted a 4-0 rating. And I said, well, I I, I can't do that. You guys are three fives. Well, we're going to go winter in the desert and we need a 4-0 rating. And I was like, well, that's great. I'm not giving you one. Um, They were asking you to do that? On Duper, yes. like going to no, the no, system no, not on Duper, just on the other rating, you know. Oh, okay. Um, on I and um, I said I, I can't, I can't do that. You know, you guys are not four O's, and this would be criminal for me to do this to you. No, no, no. Well, anyway, they ended up going somewhere else and getting a four O rating. They go down to the desert, and about two weeks after they're down there, I get a phone call. They're like, "Hey, Lee, do you know these people?" I'm like, "Of course I do." That I well, we've had to kick them out of every 4-0 round robin and organized play event we had because they're not good enough. I'm like, yeah, I told them that they weren't the 4-0, and I don't know who gave them the rating. They were three fives, um, right. and it's like that's the stuff you want to avoid. You know, as a director right. of pickleball, as a head pickleball pro at a club, you're no longer the bad guy. It's like, what's your duper rating? Oh, you don't have one. Hey, you know, okay, you think you're a three five? Great, come to this three five round robin. We'll enter all your results into duper. You'll have a very accurate score by the end of the two hours, and we'll know exactly where you fit in. You know, and it just makes life a lot easier for people running facilities, running mm-hmm. clubs, trying to organize play. And, you know, if I go to Hawaii for a weekend and want to play, I'd like to have good pickleball and not go, well, that was a waste of time. Or, oh, my God, I got blown off the court. You know, it's like this is a way that you can accurately jump in on any play with your duper score. And it doesn't have to be gender based. Right. Or right. age based. Yeah. That's perfect. That's uh, what we like because we don't care who or what we play with. We just want to play. Exactly. And have good and that, games. And I think that's the, the, the social construct of pickleball is exactly that. We just want to play, have fun, and have good games. It doesn't matter who right. we're playing with so long as the person on the other side of the net is you know, not being a tool. You, right. know, you, you definitely want to just play with nice people. but Yeah, there are um, people like that. We're like, uh, <laughs> there, are, there are a couple. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, um, it's, it's, you've got all the people, you know, you got the ones that want to coach you ad nauseum and be like, if you only did this, then, you know, but, um, but no, I think that's, that's the beauty of pickleball that we all want to play good competitive games. And I think for the first time we have a platform that will allow for that to happen. Right. So is there something, uh, as we're winding down, is there something that our listeners, can they download an app? Is there a way for them to see? Is there a way for them to have any input on that? Or is it just like they just get to kind of see where their rating is currently? So they can uh, they can download the Duper app okay. um, or they can go to myduper.org uh, dot, dot 
and they can, if you've played a tournament, they all have got to do is put in their name and see if they've got a deeper result and they can create their account, claim it as theirs. And every tournament that's played now, those results go in there. Okay. Um, so you'll see your duper rating change based from week to week if you're playing tournaments every week. Right. Um, we've got clubs that are, you know, all over the country that are utilizing duper for their organized play and they're having duper rated round robins, duper rated organized play. So those results are going in as well. Um, so you, you will see things change and you will see, see things move about. And, and the beauty has been that a lot of the, the clubs are embracing duper um, from they see the beauty of it, but they also see how much easier it's going to make their life to be able to run things. So I think the more clubs that get involved and get on board, the more people can see how their you know, data is key. And, and the more people entering results and the more people um, who are playing, your results are going to be that much more accurate. Right. Right. The more it's utilized, the more accurate all of it will become. Exactly. Lee, so. what's the what's what's the next tournament for you? Where are we going to see you next? I I think I'm playing the APP at the end of the month in Punta Gorda. Okay. So I'm playing that one with uh, Joey Farias and Vivian David. So it should be a fun weekend. Um, and then at some point we're having the battle of the sexes. We're trying to figure out when we're going to do that one because we want to live stream it and, and hopefully get some results predicted ahead of time. Okay. And uh, see the see can the Tyson, outcome. Can Tyson and I get the invite to that? Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Do we know where it will be played? I'm I, I, if I if I have to hedge a guess, I'd say it'll be here at Dreamland. Okay. You're, com um, you're coming to Austin, Tyson. Oh, I yes. have to come to Austin. Oh, okay. you do. Okay. I think Austin's ready for Tyson. You think? I've been there once, and I didn't think they were ready then, but maybe that that was. Hey, they, they've years allowed ago. me here now, so. Okay. Good. Um, yeah. Then and then I'll maybe you guys could commentate it, and and, and and you know, take all these side bets going on. Oh, we definitely will. We definitely will. Uh, when you're playing with these, uh, you're playing with Vivian David, and who are you playing at with at Punta Gorda? Uh, Joey Farias. Are you keeping these uh, partners for the season? Will you be revisiting them a lot? Because I know some players kind of bounce around a lot with partners and some people like to kind of lock it in at the front of the season. So this year, I think most of my tournaments are with Viv and okay. with Georgia Johnson. And okay. I'm going to be playing some with Michelle Esquivel. And then on the mixed double side, JW, playing some with DJ. And then Zane and I said we'd play some, and obviously I'm playing some with Joey and U.S. Open with Andre. So mixed doubles is kind of all over the place. Okay. Um, it is nice having a set partner. Yeah. But the way the pickleball world is right now, you know, people are partnered up for 2024 already. I'm like, I am not sure what I'm having for dinner yet. I can't think. Yeah. You know, two years ahead. <laughs> right. That's tough. Uh, cool. Uh, so you have a, but you have a large stable to draw from. That's maybe in some ways better. And I think on the mixed double side for the for the females, it's I think we're in a we get to sit a little prettier because there's that many more guys than girls. So we have more options. partners, more options. Exactly. Yeah. And we can figure out who we play best with and, and, and have multiple players that we play well with. Um, so I think that's, you know, that's a good thing right now. But I'd like to see definitely more females come into the game and and have a more robust draw on the female side like the guys do. Right. That'll happen, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Thomas, anything else? No. Okay. 
Lee, thank you so much for your time. Thank uh, you. Pleasure. Great catching up. And uh, Thomas and I look forward to the battle of the sexes. Uh, I'll be cheering for your side if we're Thank being you. honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So I know Thomas uh, only roots for men all the time, everywhere he goes, no matter what. And I this think that's wrong. This is a good joke. Bill. So, uh, yeah. You're a sexist joke. Okay. Well, I think, you know, Tyson should have Lee and Viv shirts and you can have, you know, yes. Dane and, uh, and Dave shirts. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, I will. I'll wear that shirt. And then, you know, we could maybe paintball him afterwards if we win. Okay. When we win. Deal. When we win. That's we right. Win. Let's manifest that right now. When we win. When we win. So, We're Team Tyson all the way. Let's go. All the way. We got this. Sorry, Thomas. You're on the wrong Sorry, side Thomas. this time. <laughs> he does not like this. <laughs> okay, Lee, thank you so much. Uh, we will talk to you soon. Good luck. And uh, let me know whenever you're in Arizona so that we can uh, create some content together or at least get a picture or play uh, some singles, maybe. Absolutely. Whatever you want to do, I'm in for it. Okay, I'll so come up with a full list. Legal. Yeah, I got, a whole I got a whole itinerary. I'll email it to you. Perfect. Look forward to it. Okay. See thank you, Lee. You. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye. That was awesome. Yeah, she was solid. I hope that didn't come off as like a massive duper ad, but we were supposed to talk about duper. We work with duper. So there's there's no uh there's no secret there. But all that you stuff, the dink like, works with duper. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. All that's all interesting. About, like I all like that stuff it. about like sandbagging and how you can like use that. Like I just found that like pretty, pretty interesting. So yeah, I liked it too. I mean the, the sandbagging part is interesting because uh I do understand the sandbagging a little bit if you want to get games in at a tournament. Like you're paying money. You don't want to go in, get knocked out after two no, rounds. And so like guys are strategically probably trying to play down enough where they can at least get a handful of games in. So it's not like, it's not always somebody wanting a cheap medal. Sometimes it's just guys wanting to get their money's worth by getting five or six games in rather than just two. Uh, but this will be a great way, hopefully, for everybody to get more games in. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, if you're not getting enough games in at your level and you mm -hmm. with a duper, you have your honest rating based on your track record, then you know you need to spend more time drilling and working on your game and getting better. Yeah, or move down. Yeah, right. But, you know, you and I, we don't drill. Uh, no, I don't have time to drill. No time. Uh, we yeah. just play. Uh -huh. So uh, for us, we might be screwed, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I got tricked into running a little bit of a drill while I waited for uh, our fourth player to show up a couple days ago. That is against podcast policy. I, I sat out. Yeah. I was like, I'll sit out while you guys do your drilling and wait until the game starts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all what right. What else we got in the news? What do we got? Well, I mean, I know who NML is, so. You do? Like I have names, I have, I have real. And so I go back and forth. Like, I kind of like what they do. I sort of like the, uh -huh. sort of like the hype around. I like that we get to talk about it and it is fun to kind of like speculate. But now that I know, I'm like, dang. Um, and I'm not going to reveal them yet. That's fine. Uh, will I ever? I don't know. But how did um, you come across this information? You had the sleuths from Don't F with Cats on Netflix. Do Dude, all of out. There's a new documentary from those people, by the way. It just what's came it, out. What's it called? Uh, no free ads, but it's um, 
for uh, Netflix sponsor us. It's uh, called the Tinder Swindler. So I think it's this guy who like, I assume would go on Tinder dates and just like, wow. oh, maybe it was a woman. It could have been a woman. I don't know. Interesting. But, okay. Wow. Uh, cool. I started, I haven't gotten that. I, then I got distracted, but is, no. it, is it fun to watch? I haven't, I haven't watched it. Oh, so. I thought you, oh, you haven't watched any. Okay. So anyways, how did you find out about NML? They, uh, I don't know how much I want to reveal here. They left uh, a paper trail, a digital trail footprint Ooh. that they probably don't even realize they did. Okay. And uh, so someone came to me with this information. I looked into it. I went and found the guy's profiles. Mm hmm i think are slim and gritty and i was like mm. and then you could even see like in their captions like the language matched how they just how they they write and stuff like that and so um so we had like pretty definitive proof and then we just did some some further investigating and it was like yeah these are definitely the guys yeah so, so for those who didn't tune in last week there is a pickleball blog that is anonymous that is uh -huh. giving us a lot of insider info from a pro window that we're not that we're seeing first from them and there's some takes on it and it's all done anonymously uh and uh it's good information some of it a lot of it and uh it's everybody's like, just yeah it's not like not scandalous any, it's not like any of the information is proprietary like or they have they have information that nobody else knows. Yeah. Or isn't supposed to know. They just get it early and quick and have. Yeah. Sometimes I don't want to, we're giving them a little too much credit. Here. Yeah. Okay. They, they've, they've had moments where they've had information before other people. Right. Um, the real reason that they, they, I think like draw so much, uh, I don't know. It's like get so much attention is because one, they have informed takes, but two, because they are anonymous, they're pretty uh, blunt. And um, sometimes they like, they're, they're talking trash. Uh, they're highly critical okay. uh, when, you know, they don't necessarily back up their opinions because they're like in a mask. Right. So, yeah. Which is what nunnery's issue was. Yeah. Last he's week. not the only one, right. It's like, <laughs> right. Anybody who's probably who are yeah. building this platform. They are, they're putting a megaphone They're they're criticizing me, but they don't want to say who they are. Or yeah. Then I can say it to my face. Right. Um, but Hey, like that's basically like social media, right? <clears throat> yeah, that is, uh, Eggman. So, okay, cool. Well, uh, so <laughs> um, now you're saying now you're issuing a warning to not only the sandbaggers that we will eventually be able to see, uh, on duper, but now also NML, uh, pickleball blog you know who they are do they know that you know who they are or now they do no they're going to listen to this podcast and they're going to i think because i commented last week on one of their posts being like i know who you are or something like that and yeah. i didn't know at that point okay and they were like oh like they had some comment like that but yeah. now i do know and they're going to hear it on this pod so we'll see if uh is this I, just I, an elaborate ploy by you to no. I was actually thinking about just sending them an email with links to their, their, uh, like Footprint. Instagram or okay. Facebook. Yeah. And just like no context, just send them the links and see if they say anything. Yeah. Well, know. um, but, uh, but yeah. Okay. So we were both just at the PPA desert Ridge 
in yep. Phoenix. We didn't Correct. see each other because I was like ships in the night. I like I didn't even see you walking around the venue. It was kind of a small venue, so I was surprised that yeah we didn't cross paths. But I was like filming and I was, I was there for I watched some of the women's uh, f- doubles finals, uh, but I had both my daughters with me and they. Yeah. Uh, liked pickleball for a little bit but the sun was hot and uh so we walked around and played a little bit and talked to some friends that we bumped into and then uh that was it it was a fun little afternoon um i thought it was so lee was just talking about how the crowd and environment at major league pickleball was electric yeah uh not to just you know like um God, what's the right word? Suck up to the PPA or whatever, but all weekend. And I think this is just pickleball. I think this is what we're going to see moving forward. All weekend, they had full stadium seating and then two rows of two to three rows of seats on either end of the court, all completely filled, like for every match on championship court. The crowd was into it. Yeah. Um, I was just like super impressed by the amount of people that showed up and um how into the matches they were so i i thought that was really cool and um yeah it was cool to see like some of the new partnerships like ben and anna lee finally play together they almost lost uh one of their matches and i i i thought they were gonna lose i went up to anna lee later and i was like what the hell happened i was like i thought you guys were gonna and she was like me too uh and they ended up um, kind of like staging a, a comeback then going to a, a game three. I think they were down nine, three in game two. And I can't remember who they were playing. Uh, but then in game three, they, they pulled it out in advance and ultimately won. So we saw them take their first gold uh, on the women's double side. Anna Lee and her mom did not make it. And Lee Waters, I'm not going to just call her her mom, did not make it to the, the women's doubles final, which was a surprise. Ben Johns did uh, got eliminated. He played Dylan Frazier in uh, in his first round matchup because he had a bye and yep. lost to Dylan. So he didn't make it to the uh, the gold medal match there. Uh, and those are all like I think the the big surprises. And then I would say JW, who ended up beating Dylan, uh, played Tyson, who uh, was able to beat Jay Devillier in the final. Yeah, uh, and the. And J-Dub just took Tyson uh, down three games straight. And it was like playing unbelievably. I watched that match and he was like smoking the ball, painting lines. And the best part is he'll hit a sick shot and he'll just like, he'll just go and just walk away. <laughs> yeah. Just like a robot. <laughs> yeah. And like no reaction. Like-, like the crowd will be like, I have one clip where he hit this like insane shot. And like ping the corner, both him and Tyson knew it was in. Yeah. Based on the reactions, everyone was like, what just happened? And the whole, and the crowd was just confused. Really? And the match went on. And that happened multiple times because J-Dub's just like, so he's so just stoic. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't celebrate an amazing yeah. shot. He just like, like I would just be like, yeah, like screaming and yelling every time I painted a corner yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Cause then Tyson, cause then Tyson will like hit a good shot and it'll start yeah. like barking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Two uh, different uh, personalities right there. Yeah. Just to 
So go over the rest of the results. Um, so Ben and Colin took men's dubs. They beat yep. Riley and, and Matt in the final. Which is also um, a new matchup, Riley and Matt. Yeah, and they played really well together. I think Ben and Colin just had their had their number. Um, Lucy and Callie beat Jesse and Catherine in the in the final. Five I games. Thought, yeah, I, I I thought Jesse and Catherine were going to win that. Catherine in particular was playing unbelievably. I felt like she was dictating the points, uh, particularly when it came to the line. It was like they were they were dinking. Um, she, she's just playing really well. I, I, I think we'll see that finals matchup more throughout this year. And I think women's doubles in general is going to be really entertaining because we have those three, you know, the waters, Jesse and Catherine, and then Lucy and Callie. Yeah. They're going to, it's going to be, be a different one of those two, uh, of those three taking gold every tournament, I think. So uh, women's singles, Annalie took gold. Um, and then, uh, I think that, that covers it, right? Sorry. How, well, how was watching Michael Phelps learn to play pickleball? Was that fun? Uh, that was, he was not good at pickleball. <laughs> no, I could tell fun. The few clips I saw, yeah. uh, he but don't think good. he'd ever played, but we, you predicted yeah. that already. You had that prediction. You're like, swimmers aren't generally good at ball sports. And that's exactly what it was. He just looked sort of uncoordinated out there. Yeah, but I swam. I was also a swimmer, Thomas, but I also played ball sports at the same time. So I wasn't like purely focused on just swimming. I think that's, I think when you are, I think any sport, when you're so have blinders on and that's like the only thing you're doing, obviously you're not going to be good at any of the other stuff. Right. If, and if you're like, yeah, agreed. We'll just leave it at that. Um, but uh, Fitzgerald looked like he had some solid shots. Yeah, no, he, I mean, he plays, he plays. Rank him three, five. Yeah. He's probably three, five, four. Oh. Okay. Yeah. He I didn't like, see him really stuff. like, yeah. I mean, none of the points were real. Like, yeah. It looked like, points, was that right? insulting for those guys? Do you think to have the pros just baby in the ball to him a bunch? I mean, I think everyone was there to just like have, look at him yeah okay i didn't know because if i were there playing i'd be like no if i hit the ball too high smash it in my face that's fine that's like but yeah. like they were just like gently Michael like lobbing it to phelps eat. would not try and like if you smash that felt he wouldn't even like go for the ball he would just be like okay yeah he, he just was... didn't care yeah he was uninvested i did think so <laughs> yeah was, like having nothing to, just generally in those environments when there's two guys who have that big of profiles yeah do an event like that i did have a moment where i was sort of like this is so weird i feel like they're like zoo animals yeah you know? it is like they're monkeys in a cage yeah and um i wonder if it can be fun be fun for them right i think if they enjoy pickleball then it's fun Right. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think just I'm not Phelps, this event in particular, I just mean like when people are that high profile and have to go into an environment like that and put on a show. Yeah. No, I don't know. I think, I mean, it goes both ways. Like that's pretty much been their livelihood for how long now 
but also it's not like that's what they their goal was. It's not like Michael Phelps's goal was to be an international celebrity. His goal was to be the best swimmer in the world. Yeah. And Fitzgerald the same. His also not to be a celebrity was to play football. And so like then you don't realize that with that comes celebrity and then you're put into this world that you might necessarily have wanted. Or not. So, yeah, or yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so I think, uh, yeah, that is, but like they were obviously getting compensated and that's their livelihood. And so, yeah, that's fine. Um, we have a new website. <clears throat> Who does? We do. Still some tweaks being made. Okay. Take a look at it. Uh, on the dink.com. The dinkpickleball.com. The dinkpickleball.com. And while, while we're going there. Uh, remember for our listeners, because Relight has been dude, listening I to the podcast right now. again, dude, I love, <laughs> on, uh, right. did they send you any of the immunity one? I love the immunity one. That's some Relight right there. Yeah. Yep. And then that cupboard I have, like, I have all this, I have a bunch of it, but yeah, uh, I like the immunity one because right it has, it has the electrolytes and it has, uh, vitamins and stuff like, uh, so I like that one. I like taking that one in the morning a little bit. And then when I hit the pickleball courts, depending on how much energy I need, I either use the boost or just the standard electrolyte mix 10 times the amount of electrolytes of most leading brands. And you can get 15% off by using the code pickleball, not case sensitive on their website. Speaking like of websites. Um, no, it is. I've been using the the salt that they remember I said that they sent salt to. Yes, the salt is so good, right? That's real salt. That's called Redmond Real Salt. Why yeah, is it so good? good? But it's like it is it's like weird. I put it on everything, dude. Yeah, I've, been, I've been cooking with it and I'm um, putting it on like everything that I cook. I'm a big salt guy. I, I yeah, just I am too. Everything I have. Yeah, I am too. And uh, I, my grandpa's guy i think it runs in the family one time we were at he's like 90 one time we were at like a, a family dinner and he and we all had like blazers on yeah in his in his blazer and salt. pulled out a salt shaker like a shaker from home yeah we we're like so what are you doing these but, so real salt who is the uh company of relight uh they do make little travel size salts that you can put in your blazer oh really yeah, they do because their salt is that good. It's crazy how good it is. I have a one of my buddies from from growing up. His grandpa puts yeah. salt in his beer. Like he'll open a Bud Light. Yeah, bleep that out. Okay, okay. and put salt in the Bud Light. My great grandpa would salt his watermelon. So he'd get a watermelon I slice, salt it up, and eat it. Yeah. He put salt on all his fruit. I think he'd put salt on apples, everything. He'd salt up all of his fruit. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I don't, I don't know if that's unhealthy. I don't think it is. I think that salt is uh, generally given a bad rap, but you do need salt to stay hydrated. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Helps why. Uh, water, water retention. Yep. That's why we keep our relay on hand all the time. Um, uh what else? I'm, I'm on the new website here. It looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's great. We have a podcast. So you can, you can click podcast. It'll just send you to like our shore view right now, but we're going to okay. have a whole, we're going to have a whole page for the pot. So there's where you can listen straight through the website. 
Yeah. So for anybody listening, like we haven't announced the website yet because we're actively making tweaks. Um, like we're going to be building out a product reviews section. That podcast uh, tab is going to be more in depth, have all our episodes. You'll be able to listen to the episodes just like on the website too. Um, and then you're just going to see a lot more content overall, uh, which I think is going to be awesome. So big plans for the site. Um, you know, if you like pickleball, you can just like scroll this all day and just like read content. But right now we're, we're still making some, some tweaks and stuff like that. So. Okay. Well, it's always a work in progress, but, uh, that means, uh, you know, if you're not making progress, uh, stagnation is, uh, regression. Stagnation is regression. I like it. Yeah. There you go. You could tweet that probably see if that, uh, gets any, uh, any hits. Yeah. Um, what's up? What's, what's new with you? Anything? No, not much. Uh, just, uh, rewatching some old survivor seasons and, uh, podcasting about those on the ringer and, uh, yeah, just playing pickleball. I got my pickleball league tonight at, uh, legacy and, uh, four Oh league. I'm playing in the four Oh league and I'm one of the stronger players, but not the strongest player. So I think I'm where I need to be. I think I can look you up on duper. Oh no, don't don't. Okay. Thanks everybody. That was a great time. We had a great uh, episode today and uh, tune in next week for Pickle Pod. Can we come up with a real sign off though? Uh, what do you want? Um, you want like a little catchphrase? Oh, I just, what? Dude, what do you think your rating is on Duper? Like a three, eight. Yeah. Add a point to that. Three, nine. No, like a full point to it. Four, nine, four, eight. You're a four, eight. I'm a four, eight. That feels good. That feels really good. That's what happens when you don't play very many tournaments and you sign up way above where you should be playing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the dude. We found a loophole. Yeah, you did. You did. Um, That's funny. Okay. Yeah. I'm I just, someone just texted me. Uh, Jill Braverman actually just texted me a bunch of like, um, a bunch of ratings for like some, some known people like Lee is a five, basically a five, six. Okay. And like Dave Weinbach is a five, eight, but you're a four, eight dude. Catching up. <laughs> I just got to only sign up for five O tournaments and not play very many of them. Um, yeah, well, yeah, right. You're kind of hijacked. You know what you did? What? Somehow you got your rating got pulled. Got bumped because we signed up for that Vegas thing and yours got dropped. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's because I don't play tournaments, I told you. And so then when I show up, it's like that's the only thing on my resume. Right, right. Um. I had what, what I had one more thing, but we can we can we can end it here. Okay, it's up to you if you if it's of pressing uh, concern and interest, then we can do it. If not, then we can end it here. No, we're good. We'll uh, we'll see you guys next week. Good game.